Welcome to Team Robotol Edition 207, Divinity Unleashed with Aquarius Roberts, Astrologist, Healer, Scorpio. Ain't nothing but a tarot god thing, baby. Join the team as we get to know Aquarius Roberts. Welcome and well met. Yeah, what's up everybody? This is Aquarius Roberts back at it again. And I am so happy to be here. So thank you for inviting me on to the show. Um, I hope you guys are doing marvelous tonight. And I can't wait to jump into all this divine knowledge because we are all knowledge and all carry a piece of knowledge within all four corners of this thing we call Earth. So I am glad to share my wisdom with you guys. Thank you. That's what's up. Yeah, I mean, Raphael kind of butchered it, but the a joke I was implying was, ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. But instead of G thing, it was tarot god thing. It's whatever. Uh, it, it felt, uh, <laughs> I should have probably explained it to sure, him. Next time, I'm I just going to write yeah. up a, an intro with random hip-hop references that I know <laughs> of, and I'll see if you catch them, all right? I have, yeah, no, that's fair. I must, I must, I must oblige. That intro, the 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 song, I was over here grooving, man. I'm telling you, like my my shoulders were moving, my hands were moving. I, I just felt the spirit fingers coming on. It was real wonderful. <laughs> it was I a skip track by um, JD. Nice. All right, so something we do at the beginning of these episodes is correlate the um, episode, which is 207, I believe Raphael said, to the Major Arcana. 2 plus 7 is 9. 9 is the Hermit card, or in this David DeAngelis Starman tarot deck, who's actually been on the podcast a few times. Shout out, David. Um, It's the Alien. So this is about, I bring back knowledge from distant places. The Alien card, which is... Like I said, traditionally the hermit card. The alien is about knowing your worth. You are perfect the way you are. Be free. Seek answers within you. Go deeper and understand more of the universe. Take the time to do something you've never done before. Uh, Raphael, what angel card do you got? We have the angel number 21, angel of ardent desire to learn. This angel is invoked to destroy the enemy's power or slander against people who use negative energy to benefit themselves against the innocent. Influences astronomy, astrology, geology, mathematics, and all sciences. It is the only god belonging to the thrones. Attributions are cancer, mercury, water. Of course, it is the three of cups. And the affirmation is, I have the gift of an abundant communicating heart so Aquarius, mm. what resonates between those two cards mm. all of it especially according to who i am as an individual see uh, a lot of people ask like why are you a scorpio son but you call yourself aquarius roberts right i'm and very so, curious so, myself actually <laughs> Yes, um, and it's very interesting, right? It's um, in 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 short terms, it's kind of like you know what what people don't know, they don't understand, kind of thing, kind of kind of acquaintance. But um, for me personally, 
When I first started off, um, I was Mercury Robs. That was my first given like stage name that I wanted to take. And uh, I kind of rolled with that. Um, I started teaching tarot on YouTube. I was like, so actually the first like, um, um, and, excuse me, not to be racial, but I was like the first black astro uh, astrologer slash tarot reader that was teaching tarot on YouTube. So it was a really big thing for me and especially from where I came from. And so where I come from is like um, a, a big city and it's uh, called Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, home of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so in that city, um, back when I was growing up, astrology wasn't really pronounced there. We didn't really have no metaphysical shops or anything like that. They didn't have no crystal stores or anything like that. It was just straight city and straight alcohol and straight people running around with the gritty face, you know? And so, um, um, as I was growing up, um, I always wanted to know about my family background. And so I never really understood where we come from because I never heard my family speaking about it. And so I have a Pisces fourth house actually in astrology. And so um, in, in Pladesius chart, let's say. Um, but it's like I grew up not really understanding the dynamics of my my ancestry and my family. But I always knew that we kind of had a spiritual background because our hair was different than the typical people around the area, you know, um, and, and just the way we kind of dressed or dealt with things was different. We were always into like natural essences, right? And so... Um, um, Very alien card already. Yes, exactly. So it, it was kind of like, you know, alienation was the first thing of me. It was like I never felt like I fit in. I would I wasn't so spiritual growing up like in the beginning, but I always knew of it because of my mother. And so my mother, I would uh, go over her house because we were like back and forth in between my dad and my mother. And so when I would go over my mother's house, she would be like, hey, you know, um, do you want to sit down and get a reading with me? And I'm like, she was that cool uh, this with is, it. This is... I mean, most people are not like that. Like, their folks aren't that woke. So she was like into tarot and astrology, straight up. Yeah, yeah. So she was, she was like, so um, my mom was like, she's an Aquarius moon. So she was, uh, what you know, Aquarius rules like astrology and foreign, foreign subjects, basically, that other people kind of want to walk away from, which is a lot of Aquarius energy for real. But, um, um, she would, I would go over and I'd be like, mom, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, this is kind of weird, you know, but I would sit down with her for some reason. I'd just sit down and listen to what she had to say. She would always let me know like next part of my journey that I was going on. So it was like, there was levels to me growing up in, in certain stages of my life where I would get to a certain age. Like I would be like, you know, um, 10 years old and get a reading. And then I'll be like 17 and my mom would give me another reading, you know, and she would always tell me like, you're going, you're like, an angel you're going to do something great you know and she was like don't worry about what other people say about what you're doing just do it you know and that was like um okay you know i, I didn't understand it because that wasn't my my type of philosophy of life at the time and so when i was like 27 and i i really jumped into this um to this game i was going through my first saturn return and it was like i started which is conjunct your son and scorpio i'm looking at it Yes, I have I have Mercury actually I have Mercury um conjunct Uranus also. And I also have Uranus sitting in the first house opposite my moon in the seventh house. So I have a lot of connections and you know what they say, like your first house is your personal identity.
And so because I have Uranus sitting there in the first house, that was one cause of it. But the first cause was me becoming Mercury Roberts was because of Mercury sitting in my first house. I always felt like I was a great communicator with people. I always, I like talk to people in different areas, different places, you know, and I always get along. Like we always can find some type of commonality. Ooh, Gemini Not, in life. I got you. I yeah, got a son of a Gemini and Chiron in Gemini, so I feel you. Exactly. So you definitely understand. And I got a Gemini moon with Chiron uh, connected to it in the seventh house, actually. So definitely, you know, um, especially when I see like Chiron, it's like you're meant to do some type of healing from the wounds that you've experienced in your life. You know, so um, I, I started off as Mercury. But funny to say, I know um, before we got on here, we were talking about Maruma, too. And so this has been such a journey, like things has been added on me as I kind of went through my journey. And so I, I like, like she christened you? Huh? Did she christen you? Yes, that's exactly what she did. That's exactly what she did. Um, she she found me. I was like going through hell and I was like trying to answer my calling, you know, so I was going through that transition of like answering the call and, um, you know, walking away from like my old lifestyle, I guess to say, you know, so um, when she called me, she was like, look, man, I seen your work, you know, you're amazing. How about I fly you out here? You know, you come stay with me and work with me. And That's I'm big like, shit, dude. That's like oh, not my normal. God. Oh my gosh, especially for her and, and especially like, you know, her like platform, she never at the time, she was never inviting anybody onto her page, like onto, onto her videos and stuff like that. Let alone her couch. Right. Let alone her couch, let alone on the same computer. And so we had, um, she wanted to work with me. And so she flew me out there and when she met me, you know, we, we basically like, we spent like five hours just talking just about spirit and about the skies and about everything right and she was like yeah you got the juice and so i was mercury roberts at the time and then out she out she started teaching me about the higher octaves and so the higher octave of mercury is aquarius, aquarius. right uranus yeah oh uh, uranus right um and so um yeah i said aquarius uranus so the higher octave is Uranus. And so she was like, man, you're just so, you're different. You know what I mean? She was like, you're a master. And she was like, you know, he kind of knighted me. And she gave me the name Tarot God. So okay, I was wondering that... how that came about. <laughs> I was like, damn, yeah. bro, you got some balls to say that shit. Yeah, guess if, so hey, if it's inherited, it's a little different. Exactly. It's like I never wanted to be the because, you know, I'm Uranus in the first house. So, you know, I identify myself to be dead. Uh oh, we lost him for a sec. Um, somebody put me in a box. Let's say it like that. You know, when you say like, um, you know, oh, you're a shaman, you know, or you're a witch or you're a mage or you're this. It's like, don't put me in that box because I don't want to be identified as a person that's just that because I have so many more different qualities to me, right? And so when I when I ran into her and she knighted me, it was like I had a big responsibility to take up. And so I kind of had, you know, got left to go on my journey and figure out more about myself. 
And so that's when I kind of changed up my name. When I when I elevated in knowledge and understanding, and I got to understand a little bit more about the business life, it was like it was like I was on another level spiritually. And so I had took up the name Aquarius because I was like, wow, you know, I study tarot, understand about politics, understand about spirituality, I understand about astrology, and I read like 20 to 30 different charts of astrology. So like I'm always expanding upon knowledge and understanding and I never put myself in a box to be like, okay, this is what it is, you know, or this is the ending because when it comes to knowledge, there's so much like I can learn something from you guys here today, you know, and then leave off of here and walk outside and, and, and go to my car and, and somebody be walking down the street and then they pass off a, a different version of knowledge for me too. So I just think knowledge is so such like a, a building block kind of thing that I just took up the name Aquarius because I just felt like I, I, I resided and understood Aquarius energy as one, especially like I have a Aquarius third house of the mind, right? The third house is the house of the mind and your willpower and your 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 ability to expand upon things, right? And so Aquarius sitting in my third house with my ruler sitting in my first house is kind of like I, I mentally identify my identity to be like more of the revolutionist, more of the rebel, you know, more of like having tactical understanding. And I'm very innovative and I, and I communicate through like a technology and type things of that. So that's where the name came from. And it was like my elevated higher spiritual self. It was like, man, I'm like an alien out here, you know, because there was no way for me to kind of just jump into this game. And then within months of my learning process, I started teaching in five different groups. And so people were like just following me. And I mean, I was honored by it, but I was just like, you know, this is natural for me. This is just who I am as an individual. This was not planned. And it was so, it was so easy to adapt to that I was just like, this is my calling. Well, you Venus know? and so, Sag, I mean, you love teaching. Yes, I love teaching and I love being taught. As as I was just mentioning, you can learn something off of everybody. And I think that's like the epitome of wisdom is that, you know, um, when they say you close your, when you close yourself off, you know, from learning and you die. You know, and so I never wanted to die because I enjoy this life, you know, so I never wanted to just be okay with one version of, of knowledge or understanding, you know, especially, you know, when you got um, Western charts and then you got uh, the Eastern charts, right? You got the sidereal charts. I read both both sides of the spectrum of those charts because I look at like Western right? Western gives me the understanding of like more of your primal nature, right? It's like, it's like, um, it's, it's evolved around the sun's axis, right? And so it's more like how you would primal, you would primitively move in this earth, right? If you were to never really jump into spirituality or anything like that, like me, um, I have like my, uh, I have Gemini moon, right? In the seventh house. And so inside Dario, I have a Taurus moon. Now, you see the difference between the two is Gemini moon is more the mutable moon, right? It's more like the open-minded, um, you know, kind of like indecisive, uh, you know, nature of a person. So that would be more like the natural version of you. But if you move over into your sidereal chart and look at it, 
Taurus moon, which Taurus moon is a little more stick to You know what I mean? It's a little more, um, it's a little more stubborn about its beliefs or understanding, you know, it's not easily moved as Gemini is. So it's like, that's the conversion for me is that to come from like indecision to coming to stability, right? Emotional stability, which funny, this North node is actually sitting in Taurus. So I'm, I'm supposed to evolve in this life to becoming more of you know, um, stronghold with my understand my emotional understandings, you know, stronghold with my beliefs, building better like relationships and more stable relationships instead of kind of like the bounce around effect that Scorpio has on my self node, you know, where it's a little more like I'm going through things and chaotic and moving around a lot and, you know, um, making impulsive decisions to say and not being emotionally strong wrong right because it's the self note so it's like you come in with this understanding and and it's been that you know growing up but i finally got the opportunity to kind of learn these things and evolve more so i start to resonate more with my sidereal side now if that that's interesting well i I mean i think it's kind of funny because rafael might be wanting to speak on this but it's like multi-dimensional selves like there's a lot of aspects to us i think the same kind of applies for church because um like you're saying in the sidereal I'm a Taurus all of a sudden. I'm like, I can see that, but my North Node is also in Taurus, as is my Midheaven, as is my Venus. So it's like, it makes sense for me to like resonate with that. But um, but I feel very Gemini. I mean, I feel very like double my, I mean, I'm a double Gemini, so I feel very kind of split. Um, I guess what I'm kind of saying is, uh, it's all true, but I don't want to like be so watered down as to say that. I mean, it, it, it's all good in a sense, but then it's a matter of like how you apprehend things at certain times. I forget who it was, but somebody was saying something to the effect of, um, like, sidereal tends to be more, um, like, just, it's a weird way to put it, but it's like, this is just, it is what it is shit, where it's like, this is how you're going to die, this is how you're going to make your money, this is how, whatever, right, right, whereas, right. like, um, the other one's more, like, emotional sensitive, like, how are you going to, like, want to play with the game of life, how do you want to, like, it's yes, more feminine, yes. I guess you could say. Yes, agreed, and you know, um, um, I've also studied the Kabbalah tree, and so you know the 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 feminine side is the more passive side. Severity right? and mercy, mas- yeah. Yes, and then the masculine side is more active side, right? And um, it's the more true, it's the more truthful side. It's by fire, right? Like two of cups. The the woman on the left is dressed in blue and white, and then on the right side, the male is dressed in red and white. Red, I think it's red and yellow actually. The um. To, to be accurate. Um, but their, their divine understanding of each other is that both sides need each other. You can't dissipate one side and act like the other side, you know, like we have so many different arts out here, right? So we have like um, um, astrology, we have human design, you know, we have the, the Kabbalah teachings, you know, we have the Brotherhood of Light teachings, right, that come from the occults. Um, from the darker side, you know, and, and I don't want to say darker side to be dark, but just the more intimate. It's side, more left-hand path say. kind of stuff. Yes, yes, the more left-handed path of things. I find it ironic they call themselves the Brotherhood of Light if they're left-hand pathers. Right, 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 which, which is like, you know, um, crazy, but it was their fraternity, right? It was that, you know, um, this is where they got the word Illuminati, 
you know, because it was the enlightened ones. They were enlightened to a different spectrum of life, you know, where you would have said, you know, this is evil, you know, but today you see more and more people studying this art to find out more about themselves, more than ever today than when I started, you know, 10 years ago. In this, because I remember, man, I remember when I first used to go on the internet and try to find out aspects and stuff like that or look at videos. There were none. There were no aspects or anything. And so this was something that you had to literally like read upon, trust your intuition and kind of things like that. But nowadays, because we're coming into more of an informational age, you know, it is coming into now these things are being talked about, you know, and they're being expressed more and they're giving a, a different light. So as you were talking about like um, the angel card and the hermit, it was kind of like through I'm a big meditator. You know, and um, there's different forms of meditation, of course. I was going to say, elaborate. I'm, what do you mean by that? <laughs> right, because um, I'm, I'm That's very called sleeping, Aquarius. <laughs> so for me, it was more like, um, it's more like getting with myself, just kind of spending time with myself and contemplating. I'm like a master ponderer. You know, Uranus in the first house, people are master ponderers, especially I have Mercury in the first house also. Which, Dude, you know, you're also Mercury... a 12th house fucking sun, Scorpio. Yeah, like that's, yeah, uh, that's uh... a big deal. <laughs> so it's, it's like, you're just in the fucking juice anyway. Like she was saying, it's like, you're swimming anyway. Yes, yes, yes. And um, it's like I can see the subconscious mind of the community, right? Because it is the house of the unconscious collective. And so it's like I can see into the things that the collective wants to actually know about. And so it was like I wanted to go against the grain. Even at that time when I started teaching tarot, it was like I wanted to go against the grain and kind of uh, give people something that they weren't used to. You know, I've, I've seen other people teaching tarot, but it was more like the book version, right? And I was like, man, this is about life. These cards represent sections of life that you deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. And no one card is referenced better than the other card. As I was speaking about earlier, you can't separate because when we get into separate, that's where we get the mass confusion. You know, so when I started like teaching this type of stuff, it was like I wanted to give life to it. You know, I wanted people to be able to recollect recollect with um, the understanding, the feeling of these cards when they give, when they come out for you, right? Like the hermit card. You know, when we talk about the hermit card and you spoke about self-love, hermit is ruled by Virgo, right? And so Virgo is the sign of mental health. It's the sign of mental ability, right? It's also the sign of the tools you use to heal yourself, right? It's also the sign of perfection and cleanliness is next to godliness, right? And so it's kind of like, that's why Virgos has this kind of perfective attitude when it comes down to things, because it's not that they're trying to be better than anybody, it's that they always feel there's another level of understanding with things, because they're also ruled by Mercury, right? And the hermit card is a mercury card, of course, also. So then it would be like the mind, the thinker, the philosopher. That's why the hermit's walking in the snow, because the snow involves like the cold lessons of life, right? But the hermit walks so still 
He's so he's so straight. He doesn't have like this kind of oh this this is cold this is snow you know. He kind of like I understand this so I can walk bare feet out in the snow because I know that I'm protected. You know, um, as the saying goes, one of the greatest palms is um, you know, um, 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 yea, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil, for thy rod is with me. And so whenever you see rods in the tarot, it's all about spiritual belief, right? And so when you look at the hermit card, he's carrying his staff and he's looking upon it as if like Moses, right? The story of Moses. And I'm not religious to say, but I am metaphysical. So everything has a meaning to it, right? It's like no matter what religion you kind of learn, you realize the same stories are in there, but different characters, right? And so you got to look at things in like a, a bigger perspective, I would say. So when the hermit's like sitting in his card and he's he's looking at his rod, he's more like, wow, you know, um, what is this great power that I have achieved, you know, that has been given to me as as Moses was, you know, when, when um, God gave him the, the, the staff, you know, well, he's looking into the light. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, in the hermit card, exactly. it's like contemplating deeply into the inner mystery. Yes, the inner mystery of what he believes. And so he's trying to get a greater foundation of what he understands and perfect that, right? He wants to be able to have better relationships because Virgo also rules anxiety, right? And so it's like Virgos tend to be kind of afraid to deal with people you know, so they stick to themselves and they their, their lesson actually is to learn how to better um, deal with people and to deal with their mental anxieties because they're very like um, empathic by nature. You know what I mean? So their, their, their job is to learn how to deal with people, to build better relations or rapport with people, you know, and so they're go through. They just don't lesson. trust themselves because they think they're not going to get it right. Right. And so they're 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 trying to perfect this graph right here, right? You know, but it's funny because you like you you hear a lot of people, I know me and you are both out in the astrology world, and you hear a lot of people like that's just the way I am. You know what I mean? And it's like, no, there's there, there's such levels to this thing, especially when you start getting to Virgo, because Virgo is a more mature sign when it comes to all the twelve signs, right? It's like, like that, it's like that mirror. Uh, between the seventh house and the sixth house deacon is where you separate yourself and others, right? And and where you come into the world and where others start to begin with your your elevation. And so it's funny that they're sitting right next to Libra for real, seeing that they they're like they're like sharing that encompass of like dealing with other people, right? Because the, the 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 descendant side of the chart is more like how you're dealing with like your personal relationship. Right. So that so right, six house right. would be like the culmination of like personal awareness. So, yes. So it's like I know who I am now. I've looked in my, you know, as within. Now I'm going to kick into as without with the seventh house and on. So it's what my fiance is a Jupiter conjunct Sun and eleventh house Virgo. So I get it. Uh, she's got a Virgo stellium. Um, so and a lot of my exes are Virgos. So I've dealt with quite a few Virgos. Um, so I'm kind of curious though. Um, 
it was something that uh, i mean it's obvious especially if you're into astrology but the way i look at it kind of like instead of just going it is what it is like i'm a gemini but it's like i need to be dealing with learning what truth is instead of just like talking about all the ideas like the actions yeah. of the whole zodiac it's like you know virgos are op opposing the um pisces sign and that's like you know porous enmeshment and like you know letting everything flow and instead of holding on to things like and being perfect and like ordered it's like learn how to let go and go with the flow it seems like yeah. the whole zodiac is like some kind of balancing equation where it's like what energy you have yes that's what you are and yes yay be proud of who you are to a degree but don't just stay there you want to like balance it out you are the whole zodiac but like yeah you see what i'm saying so you've got like for example like a sun in scorpio so you're going to need to be getting like grounded and not just like right. you know silent right. and mysterious right. and like thinking everyone's trying to steal your money or whatever. Uh, right. You know, right. Yeah. Exactly. You see what I was put. What I'm saying. Right. And and it's funny to say because actually in my sidereal chart I'm a Libra sun, so it's like Scorpio is more like intense and you know more like. You're saying um, you identify with sidereal more. I, I do identify currently in my life. I identify, I, I can't say, I did say more, but I really don't want to say that. I really want to say like, um, to correct that. Um, more well, do you like, feel like a Scorpio? Um, it's a balance. <laughs> I, I do feel like a Scorpio in some instances, right? It's like, I don't want to forget that side of myself, right? You never forget where you came from. You know, that's always the thing. So I can never forget that side of myself as to say, you know, my intensity or my complexity or, you know, my ability to kind of um, pierce through crowds or people. You know, that part is, is definitely me. But I want to say more about um, 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 am, I, am, I, am I as serious as maybe I was once in the past about life? No. You know, and that gives me more of like Libra, right? It's like Libra is like a little more playful, a little more joyful. You Do you know, know your progress sign right now? Progress sign? If not, that's okay. Um, I don't remember. I haven't checked the chart like in within, I think like the last month Year or so. Or the reason I ask is because maybe you're not identifying so much with Scorpio because you're, I mean, your son might be progressed Gemini or whatever the fuck it might be. I'm a progressed Leo son right now, which I, right, mean, right. I don't feel like a Leo generally, but I'm like, a, oh, I'm very self-aware right now. Right. Progressions definitely play, I think, like a major part in what you're actually learning, right? Because we do evolve, you know, but um, I kind of, I kind of am like um, an intuitive astrologer how scorpionic <laughs> no, i'm kidding oh, um, of course dude right? i'm telling you 12th house fucking conjunct saturn in and pluto according to this uh you know um placidus chart uh 12th house scorpio you're a magician but you've got all this first house energy pushing in the sagittarius so you're like a magical teacher you know the dark secrets and then you come out and tell us about the occulted stuff in a hopefully a fun way gemini moon but um let's do something really quick let's take a, a music break for a minute um, and when we come back, I want to talk about kind of what your interpretation of the tarot is. That's a little different. You were saying you taught people, um, and it was a little different. And I want to kind of just get into, well, whatever you want to talk about. Um, Raphael's been quiet, but we'll get him involved too. But uh, yeah, this song I picked is, uh, you were born in 84, I'm born in 85. Uh, this would have been on the radio <laughs> yeah, when yeah, we were yeah. in like middle school. So hopefully, hey. you, uh, you maybe elementary school even actually, quite frankly. So here is a jam from the past. Welcome back. Right, that thing. I mean, that bumped hard back in, I think I was in fourth or fifth grade, maybe when that dropped. 
third maybe even. And I remember going to like skate Golden Skate World and like everyone's just going bananas over that shit. Dope song. Yeah. You know I'm what? Like that it. brought me that brought me so much back to when I was a young kid. I think I was like maybe six or seven years old when that song actually kind of came around, or at least to my understanding, right? That was like the early 90s. And um, I remember my mother, uh, she used to play this song. This was one of her favorite songs because my mother is so into like foreign culture. She's always like kind of dated around foreign people and stuff. So his voice to her just spoke like so many different volumes. And so I remember her like playing this in the living room when I was young and I would like be like out and she would like have all her girlfriends there and they'd be like dancing. And so like, I would come out there and I'd be like trying to do what they're doing and stuff and trying to dance and stuff. But I would get mad because I couldn't do the moves that they were doing because I was like such a serious Scorpio at that time. So I was like mad because I couldn't do like, I remember. Plus they might have been like tipsy. Like if you were so like drunk, it's like, it's hard to do the worm sober. Exactly. And it was like, um, it was funny because at the, at the time, like the butterfly dance was a was a big dance at that time, especially to like reggae music like that. And so um, and reggae was big at that time, too, if I remember. Um, but um, I remember trying to like do the butterfly moves with my legs and I was going back and forth, but I looked at more like a wasp than, than a butterfly. So it was kind of like messing me all up inside. <laughs> Identity crisis of young Aquarius. <laughs> he's not a butterfly. He's a he's a wasp. So <laughs> I'm kind of curious. Um, you, like I said earlier, you had said that um, a lot of people kind of go about tarot in a very bookish way. How do you look at the fool's journey with the major arcana? How how do you break it down differently in your own mind? You know what? Um, thank you for asking that question. That was a really nice question. Um, okay. So, yes, there is um, a book way of going about it, right? The book understanding is accurate. I'm not going to say it's not. It gives you an identification of each card's themes and sayings and, you know, um, how this person might kind of go about things. But, like, when you're, t when you're speaking about, like, the hermit, you know, um, and the hermit comes up and you're like, okay, you know, you start going for the themes and you're like, okay, um, um, intuition, you know, um, critical thinking, you know, um, but when, when you say those kind of things, it's like, how does that apply to my personal situation? Yes, I might be critical thinking, but what am I thinking about? You know, and why am I thinking this and how, what is my posture when I'm thinking? You know, as you see the hermit is like alone. Right. And outside of him is like um, this weird grayish blue sky. Right. It's the only card that I actually noticed that has the sky looking like this. Right. Other than the eight of cups, which very much kind of uh, resembles the fool. I mean, I'm sorry, the hermit on his journey again, because it's a man actually walking with a stick, leaving behind his eight cups. And so this guy this kind of reminds me of like a bit of confusion, but the blue is like, you know, that's water energy. So you're trying to find the emotional truth of the matter so that you can deal with it properly, right? So what I wanted to bring to the table was more of like the 
the examples of personal life you know like when the hermit comes up i tell people you know it's time to get with yourself there may be a lot of noise around you you know um with the grayish blue sky going on and the right of weight deck should i say um you know there's there's a there might be a little noise going on around you a little bit of confusion on your outside which is virgo-ish right also you know they deal with that same the noise in their their minds that they're hearing you know and so um i wanted to bring people more to like a personal place you know so it was like you know get with yourself you know and also think about your spiritual beliefs you know what do you you know if you're arguing with somebody and a hermit comes out you know you want to try to find out why you guys are arguing you know because that's what the hermit initially is trying to do he's trying to find the answer to his problem that's the hermit himself he sits upon a mountain like like the buddha he he sat in his buddha stance also this is going on in the four cups too you know where the man's kind of sitting in his buddha stance and he's kind of sitting by the tree and uh, a cup is being offered to him and he's kind of like you know he's not even paying attention to the cup he's looking at the other three cups that are sitting there you know so he's like well i remember in the three of cups you know when i had that joy as we spoke about the three of cups earlier remember in the three of cups when i had that joy and i was partying and you know i call that card like the party card right it's like celebration is in the air joy is in the air you're kicking it with your friends and family it's a celebration right? bitches it's a celebration bitches <laughs> but you know um when that fourth cup comes around it's from the clouds so i call the four cups actually the one more drink card or the morning after card i was gonna right? say the hangover it's like yeah the good hangover. Times. now it fucking sucks yeah it's like everything sucks now and i just don't i don't want no more drink. you know you've been like you had a couple of shots at the bar and you just like if i have one more drink i'm gonna throw up everywhere you know or somebody's like here like you wake up in the morning and you know the old saying like um you know if you drunk uh the night before take, take a shot of, right take a shot of whatever you were drinking the night before and it'll, it'll help cure your hangover um which i found out actually to be true but i also found out that that's a way to give yourself another addiction uh <laughs> but um um, it, it's just more like, um, you know, physical understandings of things. You know, when you see the four cup, you like contemplation or, you know, somebody comes to you with an I, uh, idea. They're like, hey, man, you know, like like us. Hey, man, you want to come on this radio show? You know, that's that fourth cup being being that ace of cups being given to you. Right. And it's like, let me contemplate on this, you know, give me a week or so, you know, because answering questions you know, in a rushed manner for me, it's kind of like um, not healthy, right? It's like you you wanna you wanna actually think about your probabilities, you know, or if this is good for your image or what you got going on personally, right? Because the, those those are water cups. So so <laughs> when I when I think about like these cards, you know, I'm thinking about moments in life that you're actually dealing with personally, and they don't always have to be like major, except when, except when you're dealing with major arcana, 
you know, but you're always dealing with major arcana, right? Because you can take out the 21 major arcana cards and just do readings with the major arcana. And you'll see like bigger themes that's going on in your life rather than just using the whole 52 deck, which a lot of um, major astrologers actually, I mean, I'm sorry, tarot readers actually use um, that that method. They'll use like just the major arcana. So they'll tell you about the sun card or, you know, major things that are going on around your life. But when you get into like personal substances, like the eight of cups, you know, you see the eight of cups, they identify with the vocabulary version. They say, oh, you're leaving something behind, you know, but not all the time are you leaving something behind with the eight of cups. Sometimes you could be leaving a, a old emotional way of dealing with things, right? You could be like, man, I used to fight with people and argue with people all the time, you know, because that was what my my structure was built off, right? The eight of cups, but there, there was one cup missing or something like that in between the cups or not missing, but they were like separated at the top of the cups. So it was like, man, this almost looks perfect, but it's not perfect enough. It's like the hermit card, right? Which is the major thing. This is the time in your life where you're doing more contemplating on your themes of the past because it's the major arcana so you're talking more about like your major themes in life right now in this state of life that i'm in these next three to four months or year you know um depending on you know what you're doing a reading for of course so if you're doing it for a yearly reading you know and the hermit comes up you're like okay well this year is a more contemplative year you know, I might spend more time alone. I might spend more time thinking about the past and things that I used to do and how I used to carry myself and how I want to change that now into something that is a little more um, adjustable, right? Because Virgo going into Libra, right? Better for my relationships with others. So um, um, that that's how I see it. But if you're doing like, you know, three, three months spread or something like that, or you're doing a two week spread, you know, and and the cards are telling you, you know, think about what you're doing right here. You know, um, think about how you're carrying yourself in this relationship with this person because you might be doing things thinking you're doing the right thing, you know, as Virgo would do, spend more time alone than trying to figure out their actual relationships and why they work out the way they do. So right, um, right. that that's more of the opportunity that I wanted to bring to people to kind of see like there's there's a brighter light to this right it's not just these cards are like oh this is evil the cards have no control over anything you have control of your own personal life the only evil that there could be is your own personal evil you could use a knife to spread butter on toast you could also use a knife to end up in jail you know it, it's it's how you use the knife that is perfectly structured for you you know what I mean? You can't blame cards and say, oh, well, they made me do something evil. These cards made me evil. No, they didn't. You made you evil. You, your unconscious, your conscious collective made you evil. And so you want to blame some, some type of substance to say that that's the evil part. You know, oh, we don't read astrology charts because that's evil. You know, the only evil that I could see is not knowing yourself. It's not understanding yourself and not asking more questions and just settling for what you have been told, 
you know, and I and I defend that 100 percent comes to these arts. You know, I defend the fact that, you know, truth has to come out of these and truth has to come into the people with these. So I'm not coming from an angle of like, you know, um, my definition is better than this, because then once again, I would be the biased cult. Right. But I don't want to be that. So it's more like, you know, everybody has their, their different situation. And so this applies to people differently. But you got to understand the cards that you're reading. You got to understand the chart that you're reading to understand the possibilities or the probabilities of a person. So that's what I think, like, it's like tarot is like, you know, the initiator of light. It's bringing darkness into light. It's bringing the passive into the active. You know what I mean? It's bringing the things that are unknown to you and what you can do in this world is bringing that to the light so that you can do something. It's like here, the magician, right? The magician got all the tools laid out on the table. So he's basically saying, just like um, how a woman might say, you know, what do you bring to the table? Well, I bring a sword. I bring a disc. You know, I bring a cup. I bring a wand. I got it all. You know, I'm totally in equilibrium and balance. That's why that card is ruled by Mercury, because they have a form of balance to come into themselves, right? And like you said uh, earlier, it's not more about what you think. It's more about what you understand and know to be true, right? And we can tend to do that. I know I'm a Gemini Moon Western, you know, so I, I, at times I tend to like question certain under, emotional understandings, even how people act sometimes. I'm like, why would you act like that? You know, what, what made you go here? What made you do this? Like, it's all these questions instead of like, the truth is like, this person is who they are. That's it. There is no other sub subject to that. You know, why do I have to understand why when I could just say, hey, this is what it is and go from there? You know, so I, I think it's like such a psychological thing that one has to bring this to life instead of just like the book terms, right? And so I think that's where my intuition really just kind of shined in on things, you know, and it was like, wow, there's, there's a whole nother subject to this, you know, intuitively, you could be like, man, you know, like we were just talking about the four cups, like somebody be like, damn, man, I went to a party last night, man. And today I'm like, man, I'm tired of partying, you know, and the four of cups comes up and you're like, man, you know, I can see how you feel about that, you know, and I see you in this contemplative mode right now trying to do the right thing. But what is the right thing for you? You know, you looking at them three of cups is not always looking at the past in a bad way. Looking at the past is not always a bad thing, right? It sometimes means that you're trying to learn off your past mistakes. The things that you have emotionally done, like if you slept with that girl that you know you didn't want to sleep with, you're going to think about again. that the next time she call you. Yeah, yeah, the next time she call you, you're not going to be like, yo, I'm, I'm on my way over. You're going to be like, damn, man, no, I mess with you, man. You bad news, you know, and I got to think about these type of things. It's not always a negative. It's just how it's the emotional context. So you can get that easily confused when you're just looking at the dictionary version of things. There's no life to it. You know, it gives you rule and order. It's like grammar versus poetry, right? So it's yeah, like it's yeah, maybe yeah. correct, but it's not like flowing and it's not maybe intimate to the right, situation. Right. Right. So I can easily see how somebody might be reading and be like, this doesn't apply to me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not I'm not I'm not, uh, you know, hermit card. I'm not I'm not contemplating a lot right now. I don't, I'm, I'm, I love myself. You know what I mean? And then it's like, 
that 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 doesn't that wouldn't apply to them because they're looking at the dictionary version. But when you get the feeling out of it, and it'd be like, hmm, you know, in career you might be um, thinking about your moves that you made. You know, you 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 built your own business, you know, and your business is not flowing the way you want it to flow. So then you end up in a hermit stage because you're like, hmm, you know, um, um, how can I better resolve this or how can I change this up? to better suit my relationships with other people so I can pull in more clients, you know, something like that. Reformulation, re reemergence, re understanding the thing, the same thing that you already understood. You're bringing another understanding to it. It's like, there's layers to this shit, you know? And so you can't just like incorporate one layer, you know, just like you can't incorporate just one side and say the other side is less. You know, like like I was talking about earlier, like human design, you'll have some people saying like human design is a better art than anything. You know, some people will be like, well, astrology is better than tarot. You know, they'll say tarot is better than uh, fucking green uh, uh, chi. You know what I mean? But in actuality, if you really think about it, doesn't everything bring you back to yourself? Yeah, that's the weird part. And in a way, it's like all these, um, you know, whether it's the I Ching or Tarot or Astrology or Human Design, we've actually had the guy who made the Gene Keys, Richard Rudd, he's been on the podcast. Um, Gene Keys are dope. I don't know if you've ever checked those out. Uh, it's I Ching-based kind of stuff. Based on the Human Design. No, no. Oh, you've got to check that shit out. But anyway. Um, I will. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of different tools. It's almost like a Swiss Army knife. There's different tools to do different things a little better. It's not that one's better in a sense ultimately, but it's like you know, sneakers are good for if you want to go skateboard or shoot hoops and sandals are good if you want to go, you know, walk in the grass or, you know, beach or something. They're, but they're all shoes, if you want to put it that way. And something I've always looked at um, yeah, yeah. to row with is uh, because some people, you know, uh, I have a Mercury and Mars conjunct in 12th house cancer. So I think it just like the stories flow and I'm just like, oh, I see it. Like it's really hard not to see these things. But when someone's like, what do you think these cards are telling the future? It's like, no, what we're doing is basically chopping up a comic book and you're projecting your consciousness onto it. And because it's like, you know, as above, so below, you are, you know, a story telling a story in a story kind of stuff. Yes, you start yes. tapping deep into like the archetypes and stuff. Um, so in a weird way, yeah, I hear, I hear what you're saying. In a weird way, it seems like um, uh, there's a lot of, you know, like I was saying, like some people think, you know, they can use the English language to write a tax report and then some people write like a sonnet and then some people write a verse to a song or whatever. So it's like you can yeah, use the same yeah, tool yeah. in very different ways. Um, Raphael's pretty into tarot. I, Raphael, what's your, uh, how do you approach it i mean i don't know if you've ever studied a book per se but like are you using more your intuition or are you trying to use a formula and then grok from there how do you do it well i can only assume that to anyone with some you'll be better in that than me but i guess aquarian traits or whatever quickly realizes that the apparently cut and dry and usually quite a paranoid form of tarot that's traditionally delivered of course doesn't fit at all so, you know, then you do some research. I found some great teachers. One of those, of course, the Wizard of Art, Brian Lahr, with his books and understandings and numerology and even just book recommendations. And then one particular book that comes up is by Marcus Katz, which is called Tarosophy. This has more like an, I would say, NLP approach. Interestingly, this guy doesn't believe that the Torah is very old, which I do. But also here it gets into like, how do you 
basically how do you connect the intuitive aspect to the rational aspect and that's just you know a book that kind of describes it and i wouldn't say that this is what i adhere to but anyhow as i'm also into conscious channeling and so on you know that's the way to roll and at least for me the you know blank descriptions they can fit although i always like to develop also a pronoic view upon any you know card reading or any meaning even if it's has an inher inherently negative aspect like let's say uh, five of pentacles or something then it's like oh great you know i get to let go of something you know there's always a way to interpret it and then of course especially when reading well for yourself or someone else and you both of course know this even better than i probably it's all about communication and actually just using the cards as a tool number one for you yourself to be able to channel information for the one who's getting his reading or her reading or even the more supreme path is of course to lay it out in a fashion that they themselves can give you the answers you know and you ask the questions that's what i always like best both in reading cards and channeling is actually to turn it around to show the other side that you know they contain at the very least the same capacity and most likely a supreme capacity to get information for themselves because you know they are themselves and not me obviously right like the psychotherapeutic approach it's like you just i'll sit on you sit on the couch and i'll just talk you into the reading or whatever it seems there's a lot of ways <laughs> one can do it because sometimes i'm like oh let's just pull a card like what's going on like even with this podcast i'm like okay there's ep like this is the hermit card up a uh, hermit card episode right and actually the angel card that he was uh reading is also from brian lar who's the wizard of odd with a y wizard um very cool guy good decks you'd like him a lot i'll send you a link later um rafael actually has another show with him um nice. yeah it's pretty dope stuff uh and he does like I don't even know how to explain it, Raphael, if you want to try to explain, like, practical magic, where it's, like, effects. He does effects on, like, life. Yeah. Uh, well, basically, I guess the way it's called is, yeah, effects, uh, practical magic or elemental magic. So this is about, basically, the most simple way to put it, I would say, is lighting up a candle with your chi, you know, just for starters, or uh, turning, like, a rod, uh, make it spin, you know, without touching, of course, and without wind or anything like that, stuff like that. Mm. No, right so um so one way of reading tarot obviously is kind of just like randomly like like what does it say oh my gosh the random moment um i'm not sure like do you use spreads uh, whenever i'm reading for people i've kind of made up my own little thing where it's like all right i'm gonna five, pull five of these cards uh here's an oracle card from this deck that deck like i try to get just kind of like a uh you know an all-you-can-eat buffet of a few flavors, and then I can kind of read a story with them. First of all, I mean, I'm like, do you have a specific question or you just want like, a general checkup? Because if someone's like, oh my God, what about this relationship? It's a little different than like, oh, just tell me how it's going. Um, do you use right. spreads yourself or how does that go in your work? Um, it depends per client, right? And so um, I have like a method that I use, right? Even with astrology, I do the same method. And I give people a choice, right? So when I start the reading, Straight I Morpheus. say, so like you want to write the yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So you can see the Aquarius ways going on. So I just, I just, um, I give them a choice. I'm like, hey, you know, um, I can read like astrology. I'll be like, I'll read your chart, but I'm going to start with your first house and read your seventh house also with it, you know, and I'll do the second and eighth, third and ninth, you know, fourth and tenth and so forth, right? which is the more mechanical way right i've actually um, never heard of anybody doing that i mean i may, i don't know that many astrologers but yeah is that like a normal thing 
I kind of it usually is, just go is. through each thing in a placement. I'm like, all right, so your moon's here. This means this, and this, and this house, blah, blah, blah. That, what's the logic? I mean, obviously, what we were talking about earlier with the um, kind of uh, yin-yanging of the, the zodiac wheel, yes. the first and seventh. Is that what you're kind of doing? Just trying to like relate it to the opposite? That is exactly what I'm doing because your opposite house has as much influence as the house that you're you're talking about, right? Because you have to incorporate both sides, right? That's why I can't, um, and excuse me for saying it like this, but I'm kind of blunt with things. I can't stand when people say like, oh, I hate Gemini's or I hate cancers or I hate this. And I'm like, do you know you have all these signs in your chart and you reflect each one of these things in your chart, you know, each one. So it's like, when I read the first house, I want to talk about like, Sag- like me, you know, Sagittarius rising in Western, you know, um, that's the preacher, the teacher, you know what I mean? The, the, the liberalist, you know, the archer, he goes for what he wants and he, he doesn't let nobody stop him, you know, but at the same time, once he catches it, he has to realize that, you know, what you're going to do with it now, you're going to eat it or you're going to just throw it back because you already caught it, you know? So for, for, for Sagittarius though, you know, and Gemini, they're, they're both mutable, but they have different mutable understandings, right? So Sagittarius is more like the higher-minded ideas, where Gemini is more like your earthly ideas, right? You're thinking about how the earth works, or, you know, where Sagittarius is like, well, you know, um, um, what made the earth actuality? You know, where Gemini is Right, the big picture. And so Gemini wants to know the more environmental picture, the more environmental is the more environmental sign. So it's like, you know, you have to incorporate both sides of these things because they have to balance each other out. You know, um, what's what's um, in my moon deck? There's a card you have to it, it says balance spirituality with practicality. Right. What's well, the Pisces Virgo? equilibrium because it seems there's a unity and then it splits on the zodiac and it goes left and right so it's like everything's one thing and then when you look at it all of a sudden you have yin and yang so like for example like being a gemini it's like okay i know i'm like this little chatty angel like on your like fluttering all over your head and shit whereas sagittarius is like thus says the lord the burning bushes you know it's like a little different and then you know sagittarians need to not go on crusades and you know go like you know beheading infidels or whatever it's like yo we're gonna talk and chill but then the problem with gemini's is we are we have so many opinions and ideas that we don't know what we really believe it's like oh yeah i don't believe anything um it's funny because you do have first house sag stuff uh you know lebron's a sag right no, I didn't even know that. Thanks for telling me that. Now well, I'm looking into it, his dude. chart. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Well, I mean, whenever I'm giving readings, I'm talking about such Sagittarius, like Jim Morrison's a Sagittarius. That's um, the guy for the Doors. Um, and but LeBron is a better picture where it's like he talk. I mean, I don't know if you're into basketball, but and I'm not way into basketball, but I watch LeBron <laughs> yeah, occasionally because yeah. he's the fucking goat. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yes. he talks about it like a philosopher or like a Freemason. He's like the game, the game. It's like this big truth to him. And the funny thing is he has, he's had to learn how to incorporate his teammates. He is balancing with the Gemini aspect. I mean, he could be a ball hog if he wanted to be, let's put it that way. Um, right. But he's learning how to, you know, get a lot of rebound, um, rebounds and, you know, assists and all that shit, not just go for the dunk or whatever. Yes. And, and that's how I think like about Sagittarius Gemini access, right? It's kind of like, you know, Sagittarius is more like, you know, going for the gusto. I see the bigger picture. I'm going to take over the world. You know, where Gemini is kind of like one step at a time. I'm going to do this here. I'm going to try this over here. And, and, and individually, you know, once I get there, you know, I'll understand this all.
you know, where Sagittarius is like, I want to understand it all right now. And it's like, balance those two out. You know, you have to understand the bigger picture and the smaller picture, right? You can't, for, you can't leave, you can't put on one shoe and then leave out the, leave out the house. You know, you might as well, you might, you mind, um, you might, uh, step on the nail or something like that with your other shoe. I mean, have you seen foot, the newest, right? have you seen the newest, uh, Indiana Jones with the crystal skull? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, I've That's Sagittarius all of them. That's the worst one. It's, it's it. garbage. It's like, why they even make that? Steven Spielberg just wanted some money, I think, because the trilogy's straight. And then he added that thing. It's like, this is a piece of shit movie. Straight up. Yeah, but, he uh, did. At the very end, when that chick is trying to absorb <laughs> the crystal skull, that's some... Um, I mean, that's kind of like she's being a Gemini trying to pretend to be a Sag. She's like, tell me all the knowledge. And it's like, this shit's going to mm-hmm. you out. Exactly. You you got to be equipped with because too much. But the lesson is too much of anything is bad for you. And I think that is such a Sagittarius thing. It's like they overindulge sometimes. It's just like, oh, I could do this. Cool. I'm going to do it over and over again. You know, even with pride, it's kind of like, oh, okay, I, I, I dominated this person right here. I'm going to dominate them over and over again. You know, where Gemini's like, hmm, let me let me let me think about this a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just made this move, but how is that how is that working out for me day to day? You know what I mean? Where Sagittarius is like, man, year to year. You know what I mean? So it's like it's like you gotta you gotta incorporate those things. You know, where like um Cancer and 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 Capricorn. Those those are the like, mom and the dad. Woo! Right. And so you got you got Capricorn saying they don't like cancer because they they don't they don't they're not, you know, responsible enough financially, you know, and then you got cancer saying that Capricorn doesn't have a heart, you know, and, and it's like these two kind of um, go at it with each other for real. And it's like, you know, um, I have watched this episode. I've watched. Um, what is it? Um, oh, I can't think of the, 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 the name right now of this show um off off the top but um it's uh the the ninja boy on the the, the orange outfit uh, oh naruto. teenage mutant ninja turtles oh naruto, naruto. okay i got you, got you, got you. yeah naruto thank you appreciate it um naruto so i've watched <laughs> all 700 episodes of this jesus christ and, i mean mike the dealer is all about anime and i've been binging animes for a while like uh attack on titan Raphael's scene and you know, uh, Airbender and Korra and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, Airbender. Um, that's just tight. But I have right. not got. I mean, once it gets like Pokemon and that kind of show, they were like 700 episodes. Like, yo, I can't do that. Like, I've got too much right. going on. I, I don't even know what took me here, right? And so I guess at the time, I was. It's a key for you, dude. Videos. Clearly. But it, 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 it definitely was. At the end of it all, like when I really got to the actual lesson of it, it was like, wow, this is so applicable, right? And so, in particular, there was one episode where um, I haven't um, seen this, it ever, for the record. I just know about it. That That's perfectly okay because it was the morals that spoke to me the most, right? And so that was the thing that I loved about the show was that every show, there was a moral to be learned about what they were going on, like the missions they were going on and how they were going about them. And so I really enjoyed that about it because it was like, it wasn't only just a cartoon where they were just fighting each other. It was like, there was, there was, there was actual ninja lessons to this. Did it get like really woke? I mean, I know that um, Airbender did and got into chakras and weird stuff. At it really did. Um, but it, it really seemed did. like from what I've heard from 
um, the peace dealer that like Naruto, if that's the one he's always talking about sometimes. Um, yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. He wears it seems the headbands like... and everything. Yeah, and he exactly. doesn't even know I like Naruto the same. But we, you know, we just keep everything like intuitive. So I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to listen to this and hear that. So yes, yes, Mike, I do love. <laughs> Not just love, 700 episodes deep love. 700 episodes day in and day out. I mean, I was there every single day waiting for the new uh, version of it. I watched it in the Chinese version, um, and I tried to understand that, and then I had to watch in the English dub version because I was like, okay, I'm American. Uh, <laughs> but the Chinese version was just as fun because it just gave the real feeling, right? Just like I said about the tarot giving you healing and not just um, the literature, you know, of it. It's the, it was the same thing with that. That's why I had to watch it like two times, like in, in both different sections to get that original feel and to also understand like the 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 um, subtitled feel, I guess, to say the literature. And I hear so, you. What was right, the favorite so, episode that you liked so much? Why was it that? So this episode, this one episode, um, I think it was uh, the heart versus the mind or something like that, right? And I totally thought about like Capricorn cancer in this episode. And so um, uh, the, the, um, the sensei, right? Um, I can't remember the names right now. It's probably going to choke me for that, but still, it's okay. Sensei, um, who was Nora Cho's teacher, he had one eye. And um, they were on a mission. He was on a mission with one of his 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 homeboys, and it was like a back in the past feature. So it was like they were talking about how the missions they had to go on, and they were telling stories to them, to the to to Naruto and them. And so um, the mission was his boy uh, and him. They were they were going after this killer, and um, the 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 the. They, they started to get worried, like they had a team with them. And so their team started to kind of get attacked. And so one of their teammates specifically ended up falling down. Um, he, he got attacked and he ended up kind of falling down a wall. He was like holding on to the wall and he was about to die. And so the one dude who I, I feel like was his boy that I feel like was the Capricorn, you know, he was like, we got to stick to the mission. You know, we got to stick to like, the rules. Up, get up. <laughs> Right. He was like, he was like, either you're going to get up or we're going to bounce. You know what I mean? And he was like, well, he don't look like he's helpable. So we need to keep moving forward. Where Sensei Akashi, there was Akashi. Yeah. Sensei Akashi was like, he was like, um, he was this like, well, needs what, a band-aid right now. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, what good is it to go on, you know, to continue this mission without your fellow teammates? And he was like, man, forgive him. He was like, look at him. He's he's done. You know what I mean? And Akashi was like, no, I'm not going. I'm not going to leave him behind. Like, you know, what are you doing? Like, this is not what we're doing this for. Just so you can get like the the justifications of the reputation, right? He was like, we're doing the this because of we Capricorn. are right. It was like, but we're doing this because who are we without our team? You know, and it was kind of like, like that, that access. So it was like, the lesson was, is that he went back, he went to go save him. And, and unfortunately, if I'm correct, I think he still died, you know, cause it took so long. Um, but um, still just the act, right? The act of him doing it. And it was like, his boy kind of felt that he was like, damn, if I wasn't sitting here going back and forth with you, we could have saved his life. 
So it was kind of, he got that understanding after that, through that, that situation to be like, oh, wow, you know, I have to, um, I, I, I see where I messed up because, you know, what good is winning, you know, without the people that you came up with, you without know, hurt. And, right. And it's like, you need your team to get where you're going, you know, and um, that's something that cancer like follows, you know, they're always trying to care for people, nurture people, right? I call cancer like wherever cancer is in the chart, that's where the wound is. That's where you have a heart for people, right? Because you didn't have that heart from somebody else. And so, you know, it brings up care and this thing, you know, and this emotional understanding that, you know, what is success without the people you come up with, right? The fourth house access and the 10th house access, right? The fourth house, like the people, your people that you came up with, your friends, you know, that really care about, I'm not just talking about any friend, but, you know, the friends that actually ride with you and believe in your goals, trying to get to the 10th house, you know, your family members or the structures that try to ride with you while you're trying to get to the 10th house right? You're supposed to bring them with you where you get some people who get rich. I was actually, yo, funny to say today, I was just watching um, last night. It was very intuitive. Last night, I tried to look up old episodes of In Living Color, right? And uh, one of my favorite actors on there was Jamie Foxx and um, Tommy Davidson, right? He's like, I'm Tommy Davidson, right? He was like the actual Tommy Davidson and do it really well, right? Um, and so, uh, last night, I tried to look for the episodes, and I can find none of the episodes, but today, I'm on YouTube, right? And the episodes I was looking for, I was like on, you know, I was on like a, a another market app. And so, I went on YouTube, and I'm looking up something to watch this morning. I kind of catch up on my politics and stuff like that. And so, I run across this video, it's Tommy Davidson in the interview. And I said, wow, I was, I was just looking up videos last night about him, trying to watch stuff. And so when I go into the interview, he's talking about uh, Jennifer Lopez. And he said, you know, Jennifer Lopez used to be a fly girl on that show in Living Color. She used to come out and dance and she wasn't doing anything big. She was she was Jenny from the block at that time. And so she wasn't doing anything big. She just come out, dance. She, and then she ended up becoming the main lead uh, dancer. And then after that, that's when she started kind of getting into music. And then she started getting in a movie role shortly after. So Tommy Davidson said he ran into her about 15 years ago. Right. And he's like, mm, 15 years ago, I ran into her at a dinner and he said um, he said he, he she was sitting kind of next to him while they were at the banquet. Now, they worked together for five seasons, five whole seasons of this show. They worked together. And so he when he ran into her again, he was thinking like it was all love. Right. And when he seen her, he was like, hey, you know, what's going on? And she was like, um, I see you doing big things now. And you out there doing movies and stuff now. Like, good job. Right. And she's like, mm, OK, and walks away. You know what I mean? And it was kind of like, right. It was kind of like, dang, like you, you, you basically just kind of the people that kind of created, you know, your start and gave you an up because his family, they're, they're all family. And they invited her on their show. I literally have no clue about these details. I just want to point out, isn't she singing I'm Still Jenny from the Block? Yes, she probably is definitely still in concert singing I'm Still Jenny from the Block, right? But she's not. 
And so it's like she left her heart behind her, right? For the success, for the fame, for the recognition and things like that. To and gain like, the world but lose your soul a, shit. I mean, that's the point. Yes, yes. And so, you know, I understand making choices for your own self and stuff like that. But it's like, then you got to come to a point where you hide behind what you have. You have behind well, She's a Leo son with a Scorpio moon for the record. So, I mean, I'm not terribly surprised Lord that she was like, I'm on the grind. Mercy. Fuck y'all. Like, I'm me. <laughs> I'm doing me. Whoever's right. coming with me is like, you know, right. who Which I, I think want. That's important, right? You never want to forget like the Leo standard. That's why I said we're all signs, right? So you never want to forget that yourself. But also you don't want to forget other people. Other we'll be people too proud. Help you get to get, yes, like me or you. You know, we would never forget like where we started from. We would be like, dang, you know, even though you have your show and I'm on my way to TV, you know what I mean? Like, I'm never going to be like, oh, well, forget, forget the Peace Diller. You know, forget Maruma too. Like, oh, we don't, we don't, we don't get along in certain areas anyways, this, that, and other. You know what I mean? Like, that's selfish because if it wasn't for him, if it wasn't for the peace dealer, like honestly, if it wasn't for the peace dealer, like he started me on the whole business game side of this stuff back in like back years ago, you know, we knew each other and I, and I did my first video, my first live video with him, um, not live video, like on YouTube, cause I was already teaching the tarot, but he had Facebook, I might have seen that. Right. And um, it was on a peace talk. I was like peace talk 41 or something like that. I actually was peace talk 30, but we had some interference in the first video. And so he liked me. Pretty typical much. for Mike. He's always getting right, interference. Right. And we all meant every time something happens, like every time, like we might even be just talking and interference will happen out of nowhere. So like we got to call each other on like different phones or something. It happens all the time, especially when we're sending out messages. But anyway. So, well, that scares you know, me because I'm going to try to get you and him on in the next month or two. <laughs> so I'm like, hope that doesn't like blow up. I've had Mike on a few uh, times or uh, in talk, talk, talk to him on Instagram lives and shit. And same thing. Uh -huh. I, I think he's just got a lot of, I mean, he calls it. Uh, he's black, I mean, no, uh, well, that, like, that man that is man. a powerhouse, like for real. In real life, that man is a powerhouse for real. And he's still recognizing certain things about himself, certain powers that he does have, but he's on his way. Like, he's going to get there. Me and him have these talks, you know what I mean? He's going to get there. Like, and I'm I'm so proud of, like, the work that he has accomplished in time, you know what I mean? Um, and where he's at right now and what he's doing. And, you know, I slowly lagged behind because I was like, you know, I'm on my own time. I'm not on everybody else's time. You are but here, now, yeah. So here and now, though, today it's it. That's why I'm ended up on here, you know, and stuff like that, because I'm ready to bring the the darkness to the light. So, so you know, what's divineillumination.com? Like, tell us a little about your website. Okay, so um, I am, I am. My website is Divinity Unleashed, and um, the actual business was started in 2016. And so I already was like reading people before that and teaching in different groups and stuff like that. So I was already mastering myself, I guess to say. And so 2016, I was kind of like in a bad predicament, I guess you want to call it, where I was trying to figure out the crossroads of where I wanted to be in career. And so um, I was like, you know, I was sitting at the table and I was stressed out and I was like, man, I, I got to make this real. You know, like I know where my gift is. It's just that, you know, I have to put some ground on it. And so I started Divinity Unleashed because that's how I felt. I felt like I was unleashing myself.
And so I felt like oh, I was the first house in Sag and all the energy yeah, like, right? you're electrically ripping open the spirit at the highest level. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it and it started with me. I had to unleash my own self first. So it was like I understood my divine fist and I understood how important it was for me to do what I was doing because, you know, you got you're you're not even public yet and underground, I guess as the underdog, you know, but people are inboxing you and asking you for readings and stuff, you know, with really no promotion. You know, with really no like, oh, readings are for sale. People are just like, hey, man, we, you know, what do you, you know, how do I get a reading from you? Where do I find you? And so it got to a point where it was like, oh, I got to start it. You know, I got to start this. I got to really take this serious. And so Divinity Unleashed was started in 2016. And um, I had started my website in 2017, I think it was, actually, when I was sitting with Maru. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, so were you, you her know, um, and Mike all in the same house? Because we had Christopher Wateki on the other day, and Mike was doing shit with him and Soul Garden and David Palmer. I'm just trying to figure out how – like, were you in Vegas, and that's when you met Mike? I was – actually knew Mike first. So and it was all spiritually – it was all divine. Oh, I got a story to tell you. About Lay it on us. When I was in Vegas. But first um, – when I was um, in 2007, 16, I think it was, um, like I said, I was, I was doing, no, 2017, I was doing videos on YouTube, uh, teaching the tarot card by card, and um, he found me like that, and so he ended up being cool with me, he was like, man, I like him, and I knew that, like, he was like, man, this is like a protege, you know what I mean, so he kind of was starting to teach me like, oh, okay, if you want to get, uh, if you want to, you know, start your business, go here. So he's Puff you know, and you're you know. B.I.G. or something? Basically. So, yes, exactly. So he definitely, like, brought me into the business world of spirituality, where I was just kind of, like, in spirituality. He was like, no, you got to make this real because I believe in you. And so shortly after that, you know, I was watching Maruma 2's videos. And um, he was already, me and him already had an acquaintance at the time. We already were talking on the phone. I already did like a peace talk with him. I was living in Arizona at the time. And so Maru, I ended up uh, moving down to Mobile, Alabama for a little bit. And um, I almost died down there, actually. Um, and so in, so Mobile? in the of this, in Mobile, Alabama. I lived in yeah. uh, Fairhope ironically for a little while <laughs> which is right across the way and that's where yes, i did is. the piece the, i forget what episode but i i've been on a peace talk too and that's where i did it from Fairhope. so i'm like oh shit yep, okay yep. this is hilarious that keep is talking crazy. about it. right so i was i was like in a really dark situation basically like things were going really sour like lost the car and then i couldn't get nowhere and all that and you know mobile's not a good place high, to get high. stuck <laughs> It was not, not, not on a four-lane highway where your engine just dies on you. Definitely not. So anyways, um, <laughs> so anyways, um, Maru inboxes me next. And she's like, man, you gotta, you gotta come out here to Vegas. And so I ended up coming out to Vegas. That's how that happened. So I came out to Vegas and I was staying with her and she, I was like, you know, I, I began to be her protege. And so at the time she wasn't really like inviting anybody on her page or let alone in her house. You know what I mean? So it was like, it was just that connection that we had. And so we just started talking. And the first time we ever talked, we talked for five hours straight. Like it was. Just how like did she feel about her walk-in situation? Cause we've talked about that with her before. Did that freak you out? Or were you like chill with that? No, no, because when you're like when you're 
like me and her have Isis and Osiris connected, you know, in our astrology charts. So it was kind of like she kind of was helping me find my pieces, if that makes sense. So she came to me like Isis, like the mother. And then she was just like, you know, this is who you are. This is this is what you come to do. You know, I'm knighting you, you know, and then she knighted me. Right. And then her walking situation was like, it was perfect to me because it was like, this is the lifestyle that I want to understand more of because I didn't Some deep ass I didn't, mysteries. It, it was. And it was such a journey for me the whole time because it was like, okay, now I'm at Maru's house. And then boom, Mike shows up. <laughs> so he shows up at the house and he's like, what's up? You know, and I'm like, oh. And then he pops in the door. When he comes in the door, I go to answer the door for him and he pops in and we like, damn, we almost the same height as each other. And then he comes in with the nine of cups and he said, this is your life. This is what's going to happen with you. Right. And I'm like, he is such he a is, unicorn. Okay. I love nine him. Of cups, I love him. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, I love him. You know what I mean? And so it just took off from there. It was like, we were like, we were pulling cards for each other. We were talking and then we all three just kind of got together talking. It was beautiful, man. And I really disrespected the journey. You know what I mean? So that's why I like, I'll, I'll, no matter what, like if me and Mike ever like disagree on anything or anything of the above, like I'll always have love for him. But just the simple fact, like I told you, I don't want to be like Jenny from the block, you know, still singing Jenny from the block when I don't remember the block I was on. You know what I mean? So I always remember like my, my, my humble beginnings and who was there in those humble beginnings. Even if like we were to ever part ways and kind of just do our own things, that respect will always be there. Even if Mike was to be like, man, he's an asshole. You know what I mean? I'm still going to be like, you know what, man, I, I still got love for you, though, regardless of how you feel, you know, because the love is real between us because it's a spiritual connection. It doesn't, it's not physical. It's not understood by physical principles. It's understood it's like by soul tribe shit. Yes, it really is. It's very soul tribe-ish. You know what I mean? And um, that's just kind of how it works. You know, so we've always had that connection for real. And I'm pretty sure we always will, regardless of what it looks like or what it seems. It will always be love out here. You know, well, we'll get you so, both on at the same time soon and oh, we'll be able to see all this chemistry and we'll have a good time because Mike's fun. Um, it's weird. I don't know about our sinister or anything, but whenever we talk, I get – it's there's a few people. I mean, Raphael, this whole podcast was his idea originally, but like some people like really light you up. And it's just like, oh, shit. Okay. I mean, everybody should get along. I mean, I'm a Gemini. It's like, let's all be friends. Yeah. But then there's some people who are like, no, you're my Luigi and I'm Mario. And yes, there's – bowser and all this shit but like and they're in the game but yeah. uh like some people are like mission like have missions and stuff so finding the others <laughs> it's a big thing on team rabbit hole here where it's like y'all there's people out there there's squad like find your squad and it's not to be exclusive to the point where it's like fuck you you're not my squad it's like no i mean you want to be gang with everybody right but it's like right uh you know certain x-men get along with other x-men better and can do like cool shit yeah so I've noticed on your posts on Facebook, um, I mean, I don't know how conspiratorial you are, but you post some pretty kind of, uh, I mean, I'm down <laughs> with it, but more edgy shit. I mean, you just posted something about like crack and the CIA, I think. Um, yeah. So tell me a little about, I mean, you don't have to get too much. We just had an election, all this stuff. What's your okay, whole okay. stance on the uh, on the recent, you know, presidency and the new president? And how are you looking at the whole situation? And there's no wrong answer. We've had QAnon people on here. We've had, Understood. you know, hardcore people. So you'd say, I mean, Raphael's probably more sympathetic to Trump than I am. I, I'm not going to vote for Trump ever, even though he's a Gemini suddenly arising and so am I. I'm just like, oh, God, this guy's a fucking, 
I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm not. A, let's put it this way. <laughs> I, at one point, I was like, if if the whole, if he's a time traveler, that's dope. But I'm not putting my money there. I was like, I'm willing to say I'm wrong, right, right. but uh, like I don't know, man. So, what's your right, whole right. situation? How how are you looking at the world right now? Um, the world is a like politically. The world, the world is an oyster. That's that's exactly how I feel. It's beautiful in this content, and there's so much to understand. There's so much behind the scenes. You know, um, I feel like like it's kind of like um, uh, the 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 Alex the libraries in in Alexandria that were burned down, and then all suddenly, you know, all these books are under the Vatican that we can't read. You know, it's like I've um, been to Rome once, um, and uh, because I was in Europe in 2017, uh, it's funny. Probably, where I, I mean, I, I just started watching Mike the Pizza, Leo King, Kaipacha, people like that, and then I went to Europe and didn't have internet basically for a year, so I was like uh, not watching as much. But I went. Um, I didn't go inside the Vatican. I, I was in Switzerland most of the time, and I went to Rome for a little trip because I was like, I got a two week break. I'll check out Italy um, when traveling was allowed. And I mm-hmm. sat in St. Paul's, I guess. There's like right in front of the Vatican, there's this like uh, square, St. Paul's Square, I think it's called. And I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. It's weird that you talk about shit under the Vatican. Um, I mean, I've had, uh, I've smoked DMT. I told this to Marin. Raphael's heard it a million times. He's probably sick of it now. I smoked DMT once and had a, uh, basically met Egyptian deities and had a Kundalini activation and all sorts of crazy weird shit that I wasn't expecting because I'm not even really into Egypt like that. Um, but anyway, I went to the Vatican and I was like, oh, what's up, Raphael? Just how could I get sick of it? I guess that is the story, also recounted ten times, but still repeating it here. Uh, on which I basically contacted you because you posted oh, yeah. it randomly on the internet, so it's relevant. That's enough. why yeah. we're friends. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, I'll tell you that. Sto- um, I'll nah. tell you that story sometime. Aquarius is crazy shit. But the point I'm interrupting you for is, um, you were talking about shit under the Vatican. Normally, I'd say like, oh, whatever. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. I went and sat in this little square, and I sat down, and my crown chakra was like peeling open i was like there is some energy like i'm not gonna say like god, there's shit beneath me or god was above me i'm not i'm not sure what was going on i wish the psychic right. had been there and been like oh dude you're like uh blah, blah. but like not nor- like normally my crown chakra isn't like lit and i was just like and i was just like it felt like i was standing on top of like some you know anunnaki machine or something and it was like oh there's shit there's shit here it's here guys watch out anyway um I'm kind of curious because we can talk for a few more minutes. I think Palmer's going to be a little late. He said so. We got like five, ten more minutes, maybe. Um, All right. What are the What are some of the conspiracy theories you're into? I mean, like I said, I mean, like Lady Gaga. Are you worried about like Satanists and all this shit? Do you think that's a big joke? Did she actually do the inauguration? I didn't look it up, but did she actually sing for the inauguration? Like, yeah, she did. Kitty Perry did. And these are like kind of conspiratorial people. I mean, my fiance was posting some stuff. um, Kamala Harris or Kamala Harris, rather. Um, mm-hmm. didn't put her hand on the Bible directly. Like there was like her post mm-hmm. in the Bible, shit like that. I'm like, do you, are you looking at this as so like, funny. watch out? Or do you think this is a big joke? How do you break down the kind of conspiratorial stuffs? Okay, well, let's talk about it. In the past, um, like I said, I felt like I learned so much stuff um, at one point in the beginning of my whole wake up process um, that I spent six months in the house. I was afraid of everything that I was learning. You know, I was like, wow, like this world is really interesting, you know? And I had a couple of great teachers, you know, um, that was behind me teaching me certain things too. I also come from a family full of Masons. You know, they, they served into the, 
Yeah, so they, they all served into the they all served in the military, and I mean, literally, they have their Masonic rings and everything sitting up in the case. I remember um, when I was young, I tried to go into my my granddad's um, case, and I grabbed the ring and I put it on. And when he came downstairs and he seen it on me, he was like, "Boy, you don't know nothing about what you got going on right here." He was like, "Don't touch this." He was like, "Unless you know what you're doing." So on top of that, I've actually had um, circumstances on my journey where I had a run into with Masonic understandings, you know, um, traveling men, should I say. And if they, they are around or such things, they'll know exactly what I'm saying. So, um, you know, um, um, a lot of people haven't walked a mom's shoes, as they would say. You know what I mean? I'm a traveling man. And so they don't know. Are you a mason by sight or whatever they call it? I, I am. I am. I am not. Once again, I like to stay away from the the whole. You know, litigation. We've had a grand mason. We've had a grandmaster <laughs> mason on here. Uh, he's pretty yes, cool. They're awesome. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, so like I said, they're we talk to everybody. But I'm not hating. Oh, but at okay. some time, I'm like, no, there's no, a lot no, of conspiracies no. going around right now. Like, yeah. what are your thoughts about the world? I mean, I'm, do you think I'm it's the apocalypse? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, apocalypse is, you know, not what I what I would call it. I'm calling it initiate, right? And so nothing happens for no reason. I remember um, learning about like Prince Henry Hall, right? Who was the first Black Masonic Mason, and um, they actually established their their um, charter. Um, and he had to flee to come over to America because they didn't want him to get over here, right? And so he settled in Boston um, before 1776, before the Boston Tea Party, okay? He established, and you can look, this is all principle, and you can look this up on the internet, um, just to give you a little foundation of where I come from. And so um, um, there is... Um, there is, I actually had to write about the Boston Tea Party in school, um, which uh, my teacher gave us. He was like, you can write about the Constitution or certain things like that. And so I was like, you know, I want to write about the foundation of it all, which was this Boston Tea Party. Now, Prince Henry Hall, um, he was over in Europe and he established his charter. They, they denied him several times. So he had to find, you know how it goes. You had to find your way around it to get what you want done. And so he did. He established his charter and he came over to uh, Boston, right? And so when he came over to Boston, Massachusetts, they went through a couple, I'm shorthand in this, but they went through a couple of things where they were trying to establish their first lodge. And so when they went to go establish their first lodge, um, they were talking about the tea. So I had um, learned through stories of my own family and through stories of literature that I've read of, um, that um, uh, uh, Prince, Henry, uh, Prince Henry Hall had Masons a part of the Boston Tea Party. One of those people was Master Paul Revere, um, and he was a Mason. Um, the one who said the British are coming, the British are coming. Right? Dude, George Washington, everybody's I, George everybody's Washington, a fucking Mason back then. Right. Everybody was a Mason back then, but it was more of a legacy back then that they were building upon, right? And so basically they were establishing events that happened over here that were um that were opening doors 
for evolution of the society. That's a great work. Right. They, they definitely did a great work because, you know, when you see like the people that were guarding the boat, even um, in, in, in the Boston Tea Party, they were, they were guarding the ships when the Indians came in. Now, this is before the establishment of, you know, um, the United States. And so they 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 were watching over the tea ships that night, and they said men that were masked, they were they were they were represented as Indians, um, but they didn't look like Indians to them. They they made sure that they made that clear too, um, that they came to start throwing the ships off. I mean, throwing the tea off the ships, right? And they never said that like the actual ship was on fire or anything, um, and so it created this whole thing. Um, but it was over. It was over what they were what they were doing because they had tea that actually sold for cheaper, right? And so this started the whole evolution of the United States. But so like an economic psyop because the Freemasons yeah, wanted to yeah. sell their tea for better prices or whatever. Basically, and so they were literally watching over this, and so these masked men, you know. Um, you know, they 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 said they kind of look more, you know, um, um, different in, in nationality than it was like Indians. white dudes dressed as Indians, basically. Pretty much, yeah. So <laughs> it's like Pretty that much. guy's blonde. He might yes, have face, yes. you know, like stripes on his face, exactly. or whatever, but uh, I see his blue eyes. Right, and so basically, from my understanding of the start of this whole thing, this whole nation was under. Um, um, created events. Okay. Now, I also know that even today, there are created events that go on, like um, the My Pillow guy when he was walking out of the White House. I don't know if you've seen that, but yeah, it's like people, Iran people, war shit, possibly whatever. Right, but he, the My Pillow guy, the actual My Pillow guy, um, who runs the My Pillow business, he got caught walking out of the White House with some papers in his hand and he was holding a coffee right now these papers were hanging from his hand and his coffee was in his other hand and so a reporter actually happened to be taking pictures the day um that that the um this all happened uh the the whole white house kind of thing happened with all the crisis actors i called them because everybody that they caught was an actor everybody that's got charged so far was an the actor. congress coup thing yeah yeah it, it, yeah right now that is not conspiracy these are facts okay they were all actors everybody that they caught and put in jail so to say those are all actors and they have backgrounds as acting even the guy that had the bullhorn hat on with the as mars went in taurus i want to point out uh, i thought right, that was kind of right. funny it was like oh shit right, as above right. so below here we are right and it was like then all suddenly they couldn't find the people who were on tape sitting in front of the camera and so they had they had they were they sent out a memo saying that they were looking for the people now if they were looking for a fugitive they would have found that fugitive with no problem right so <laughs> so what i'm saying is that there are orchestrated events, events orchestrated events like the my pillow guy walking out of the white house and this paper so happened to be hanging now you know the fbi and you know the cia they're all protecting over them why would you walk out with some papers like that where the reporter can zoom in on the paper and see that these papers are talking about you know um 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 
um, the, the political the, shit. Not, not, yeah, uh, not political like, shit. It, it was um, about um, um, it was like about starting a thing? war because that it, way it, we cannot have this. No, no, going. it's not. It, it wasn't a war. It was um, the lockdowns. You know that they that we've been talking about. I'm sorry, I forgot what it's called. But the COVID, uh, not COVID, but the 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 lockdowns, like you know, putting everybody in the FEMA camps and stuff like that, and putting us in different like times, like so in the Hunger Games. There you that go, martial law. The right picture. It still speaks about immediately to save the constitution. Blah blah. Now and acting national yes. security, yes. getting yes. evidence of all information. Yes. Yeah, uh, and, and, and it law. mentions by name Sidney Powell, Bill Olson, Kurt Olson. Yes. Foreign yes. interference in the election trigger make clear this yes. is China, Iran, domestic yes. actors instruct. These are the things you can read, yeah. Yeah, and normally yeah, exactly. people would probably have that shit in like a binder. <laughs> not exactly, dangling. exactly. So when you don't put that stuff, that's exactly what I was getting to about the story is that when you didn't put that in a binder or anything, you know, why would you allow somebody with such crucial paperwork to just walk outside and have a picture like that taken? And one line is blacked out. Those Exactly. And you don't, you don't, they don't make those type of mistakes. And come on, this is government. Why would you have one line blacked out? Okay. So, <laughs> so well, shit gets so, redacted we, all the time, but the fact that we could see it and it's like, oh, look, I mean, it's like, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, right here, this is you. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so these are the things, the events that are going on behind the scenes that are being shown to us. It's like, it's like almost in movies, right? And movies are always putting this subconscious, like Star Wars, they're always putting this subconscious understanding behind the actual movie. Now you can enjoy the movie if you just watch it, but if you're looking more from a metaphysical standpoint, they're saying like, you know, there's shit going on under the scenes. So it's like everything is put out there for, a purpose. Nothing is done on accident. Nothing. As an American, are you scared right now? Are you just like laughing at the movie or how do you feel? That's kind of what I was getting at. You know what? How I feel, I'm not afraid at all. Um, and I don't know if that's the Scorpio side of me or not, but it's just more like I'm, I'm adequate. Right, because I understand that history has to unfold. It has this story has to unfold to a bigger story. And so for me, it's kind of like I'm grabbing my popcorn and I'm kind of watching all the events because you know the touched ones. Should I say we don't we don't have to worry about when people were going through COVID. My business actually went up, so I wasn't really affected by the COVID situation. You know, I kind of adapted with the moment that was going on. And and, and invertedly transformed into other financial fields. So I just think like it's all about adaptability. That might be like my Gemini moon a bit. It's just kind of like I'm adaptable to circumstances in life. So regardless if I got to work from the bottom up or if I'm up high and I got to work, go back down to the bottom to get right back up high again, I'm okay with that. So these events, these political events that are unfolding right now, they're definitely headed to a fall but not just a, 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 a fall to like our crisis or, you know, the ending of the world. I think this is just more of our economic lie. 
you know, the lies that we have been built upon, the stories that we have been told, the the glitches in history that you get to find out, you know, like I said, the Boston Tea Party, you know, and things of that sort of World War One, you know, where they had investments in the ships. And um, they were like, oh, well, we can, we can, they sent a ship in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> said it was on cross territories, bombed the ship, and then boom, we got a whole war going on. So it was kind of like, but the investments that they had on those ships, the rich had it on it, right? And so for them, it was just a tax write-off. And so that's what they've been doing since they, we create the problem in the bank system in the 1930s. You know, the first bank was started by the Knights Templar, you know what I mean? Just so they can save their money. That's how they did that. They they started the banking system, the Knights Templar. So what I'm saying, there's people underground and, it, and it's not necessarily an evil thing because people are like, oh, these evil bastards. No, it's more like they're creating events for us to react as as humans. They're, they're providing the open door. They're like, we can't do nothing. We're not going to do nothing, but we're going to create these events so something can happen because there are people that are up to no good. But we're trying to set up this whole stage of chess so we can play with the so so we can like the Masonic so, yeah, chessboard. <laughs> yes, the yes, the checkered floor, right? The sign of duality. There's two sides to everything, right? And those are that's where they stand over the checker floors. They're so important because they're the signs. They're the signs of they stand on duality. They don't just stand on one side. They're free thinkers. They're overthinkers, right? So I'm not protecting them, but I am saying the truth. Well, we all is have just the you truth. Know, light and dark in us. We're all Jedi. We're exactly. All we're all the whole so thing. What you oh, might I know you think gonna... is evil. It's not. It's not evil to them. It's all about the conscious state. You know what I mean? I I sell this story to people like. Um, you could, you could, if you went to a store, right, and um, say you were homeless or something and you had a family, you went to a store and uh, you stole some food from the store for your family to eat that day. Which is the premise of the movie Les Miserables, the book. It's like, I stole right, bread right. from my sister and now I'm in prison. So it's like, it's bad, but like sometimes justifiable or whatever. I got you. Right. And then it's like, you know, you can go to the store and you already got a refrigerator full and you go steal from that same store. You know, consciously, it's a whole different understanding. And it's like, which one is going to get you into a situation? You know, obviously, it could still get you in a situation um, uh, regardless of what you're doing, because it's still wrong to steal, regardless. But it's just like, you can't understand. One is more like, malicious, like, I guess you could say, or self Exactly, or exactly. Someone, uh, one is more, and, and it says in every book, you know, in every religion, you know, that God doesn't judge men by their acts and deeds, but by their hearts, right, right? Right, right. by their intentions. Their intentions are the most important things, you know what I mean? So if you're doing something for somebody out of love, you know, there's, that's a different understanding than when you're doing something out of selfishness. And so I think that's like the most important part about what's going on out here is kind of like, you know, you might see like these events happening and you might be like, and they're against us. And, you know, the 1% up there, they're doing this and that, and they're trying to stop us from being, and I, I just think personally, that's all subconscious. It's a mental slavery, like the eight of swords, right? Where she could break free of those eight swords, right? But she chooses to stand there. The The bond is just sitting around her, but it's loose. So she can easily wiggle her way out or just turn a couple of times and get out of the whole bondage. But she chooses not to. 
she chooses not to. She chooses to stand still. She chooses not to make no mo- no movement. And this is where I feel like the mind is captured by imprisonment, you know, and, and seeing things as like black and white. You know what I mean? And that's why I said like the evolution. It's not either of, like, or. It's Scorpio, both and yeah. kind of stuff. I don't want to cut you off. Uh, we got to wrap up because we got another guest coming on. Um, but I want you to kind of tell us what you're up to. We're going to put your link in the comments. Um, I want to get you back on here with Mike. But um, if there are any kind of parting thoughts or plugs, if you want to pump it in, now would be the time. Sorry to cut you off like that. No, you're perfectly fine. You're perfectly fine. Our time was great. Um, you guys can find me on YouTube. Um, look me up, uh, Aquarius Robbers, Divinity Unleashed where I teach the tarot card by card. I will be going, uh, there will be new videos up here this week. Um, I had took some time off because I had to rebuild my whole structure of the hermit, right? And so I did that. And so now I'm going to come back again. But um, yeah, you can find me there uh, teaching the tarot one by one. I will also be teaching astrology aspects and things like that one by one, adding here soon. Also, if you want to book a reading with me, um, you can find me on Aquarius. You can email me at AquariusRoberts, Aquarius.Roberts, sorry, at gmail.com, and I will book a reading for you. Just so you know, all readings are live, personal, and recorded, and sent to you after for your further studies. Um, And I study all different types of chart, monthly, yearly, um, life charts, you know, progressions and things like that. So that is my thing. Also, I'm a vivid tarot reader. I love tarot. So um, come book your tarot reading for me. I got a special going on right now where readings are half off. So you can get a reading for just under 50 USD right now. So you just come holler at me and you can find me. I'm actually about to start a radio show um, here, a TV, a live TV radio show here. Um, uh, for live tarot readings, I'm about to work with uh, a prominent astrologer that's been doing astrology for astrology, tarot, and psychic readings for about 20 years now on Keen. So he's kind of started his own thing and he's kind of inviting me on his platform. And you can also find me on the Stiller channel, then doing videos with him. And also, you might find me on Maru Maku's channel, uh, doing videos with her. I'm kind of like all around because I'm just getting the word out. So, I hope you guys have a blessed and awesome day. It has been great being here and sharing this knowledge with you guys. And there's so much more to get out as time goes. I can't wait to get back on here with Mike. You know what I mean? And we do our thing with the Peace Dealer. And it's on down. But this is Aquarius Roberts and I'm out. That's what's up. Yeah, dude, thanks for coming on. I'm glad we could figure it out. Um, We've been trying for a minute. We got it nailed. Uh, pleasure making your acquaintance officially and your dolphin with yeah. your hole. So gang gang. Um, but yeah, yeah. Y'all, this is a good example. I mean, listen to how he's networked with people that have already been on the show a few times. Like find the others. They're out there. There's a lot of people doing what you're up to and you need, you know, if you're an archer and you need a wizard, like get your crew together. Like people can help each other out in very specific ways. So find the others and enjoy the fucking ride.
Yeah. Enjoy that motherfucker. Ride that thing, man. Because you know what? Like everybody has somebody for them. You know, just because you don't get along with the people like in your personal environment or something like that doesn't mean there ain't people out there that won't understand. You got to stay in your own lane and the other people will join you there. You know, I'm a perfect prime example because I come from such a, a city that that is not about that type, but I had to find myself, so I traveled around a bit to find my peace. And fortunately, I found a lot of that in on my quest and my journey, especially with even you, sir, and you, sir, too. You know, so it's like this is a beautiful thing, and just believe in yourself. You can do whatever you want to do. Your dreams do matter. You matter, and what you're doing matters. Bam. Amen. Preaching like a real Sagittarius first houser. So, uh, Raphael, any parting thoughts? Thanks so much for coming on, Aquarius. It was a pleasure. And I think you're not the first Thank to you, redefine yourself in that way. I'm thinking of Gemini Brett, if I'm not completely mistaken, Jim. He's also a so... Scorpio. Scorpio's got this weird game where they want to play other roles or something, hide behind the other mask. But I'm not hating. Well, it's just the truth, <laughs> you know. The one is all the all I want. So, thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, catch y'all in now, and thank you all for listening very much. Enjoy yeah, yourselves. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Radio Pokey Talk.